Welcome to Equipus Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Hey, grab yourselves a, a seat this morning. Thank you, worship team. You guys are awesome. All right. I'm glad we did the praise song because my heart's still racing. Never go to an auction, Will. Otherwise, you get wound up. Has anyone ever bought anything? Like, oh, no, just get into the message this morning. <laughs> Trade me, eh? You're like, tick, tick. Okay, anyway. Okay, all right. Another time. Holy Spirit, we thank you that it is Pentecost Sunday, Lord. And it's the moment that we stop and we take a moment to just thank you. That, Lord, it's not that you were before us, we're in times of Abraham, or it's not even that you're, you are with us, but it's not like walking with us when in times of Jesus, but now you are living in us because of your Holy Spirit, because of all that you did, because of the foundation you laid down so that we could be closer to you. And Jesus, we thank you for that. Holy Spirit, I pray for your empowering presence in this room to move in every one of our lives this morning. So we go closer to you, acknowledge you more, stand on trust in you. Lord, I just thank you for every person. We pray your blessing and protection over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, this morning, we don't have a series that we're starting, but over the next three weeks, we are going to be, you're going to be hearing from a number of different people as we lead into our miracle offering coming up on the 19th of June. Um, If you've been in the life of the church now for a little while, you'll know that every year we take up a miracle offering. A miracle offering is over and above our normal tithing or our normal giving um, to, to get in behind the vision of the church and what we're believing to reach. Uh, in our city and in our nation and globally for the world. And so over the next three weeks, you're going to hear from different people. You're going to be hearing about uh, some of the projects that we've already partnered with and done, like Christmas Box and Heart Week and Anderson Bay Kindy and, and just other, other areas that you'll hear about. Um, but, uh, and, and I always get excited coming up to Miracle Offering because, friends, it's just... Is, 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 please, 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 if I can make this statement from, the, from, from us, there's zero, zero pressure. Zero pressure. You know, when we're talking about finances and stuff like that, it's always like, oh, you've got to be so careful. And uh, this is just, there's zero pressure. Absolutely zero pressure. Uh, we, we just, we're just laying a platform saying, God, uh, we're believing to reach the city. And, and if, if you want to be part of it, and if you can be part of it, awesome. If you, if you want to be part of it, but you can't be right now, awesome. It's fine. As a church, together, together, we are together in everything. Everything that we're, so we so I like what Pastor Sam says once, when the tide comes in, all the ships in the harbor lift. Uh, in life, when, when areas that we're winning in this area, come on, you're winning as well. We, we borrow each other's faith. And so please, 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 there's zero, zero expectation, zero pressure. Uh, but over the next three weeks, all I would say, would you consider partnering and, and, and joining together so that we can uh, reach our world for Jesus? Amen. And so this morning, I, I wanted to lay a, a foundation, and, and it's a little... 
you'll, you'll get it, but, you know, I'm so thankful, so thankful for the favor of God on my life. I pray, I pray you're, you're thankful as well. I, I think of my own personal testimony as a, as a young kid at the age of 14, um, going to our rancho, a kid's camp just north of Wellington and on the Kapiti Coast. And I, I think of that, and, and it was awesome. I just loved going there for all of the activities, slug guns, anyone, <laughs> air rifles, a bow and arrow, archery, mudslide, horse riding. I'm never going to ride a horse again. I was on a horse once, and it took off, and it decided to jump over a log. I fell forward, grabbed my hands around the neck, fell around. I was holding onto this horse with dear life, because I thought if I let go, there's four legs that are going to kill me. And it slowly went into the corral and stopped, and I walked away like the man, and I had to go change myself. Anyway, it was an amazing kids' camp. It was awesome, kids camp. They had like uh, little go-karts where you, one person would drive and then another person would be the motor and they'd push you around the hall and you'd do laps and take out the other people. As you can see, it was a highlight of my world, life. And, and in, that, in those camps, in those encounters with Jesus, God came alive to me when I was 14 and I realized that I needed a savior. And ever since then, I've known the favor of God has been on my, on my life. The grace of God has been on my life. I've never always done followed God. And some of you may know this. When I was 17, I, or when I, I, I was the first Christian in my family and went to church for a little while and slowly walked away from God. But I still loved God, but I just knew I wasn't following His, His will for my life. But then at the age of 17, recommitted my heart to Jesus. I've been following Him, him ever since. And you know, the great, one of the, the amazing blessings in my life is once I recommitted my heart to Jesus, and this is not a, this is not a formula by any chance, but uh, he brought Desiree into my life. And I was thinking about the favor on my life. Man, I'm favored. Amen. I think she's pretty awesome. And then as we grew and as we, and we got married and then we did our career, we, we followed God and, and serving in church and running youth and I was on the worship team there. I, I'm talking about grace and anointing. I'm not sure if that was graced and anointed. <laughs> but uh, like, I just think of the favor of God and we just continued following God and led youth and did this and did that and lots of things. And then we went overseas and... Did a bit of an overseas ex, uh, uh, experiment. No, experience. Experience. <laughs> and uh, traveled. You know, I remember the first year we were there, we went on nine weeks of holiday. It was awesome. Drove around Spain, Italy, and Portugal for three weeks in a tent, getting lost, eating amazing food, traveling through Egypt and going to different places and Going through Europe and France and catching the train just across the Paris, as you do, you know, just to go and watch a U2 concert, things like that. And I think, I mean, they're all worldly things, but I think of the blessings and the favor of God that, that has, has on, on my life. And here's the thing is, we all have the blessing and the favor of God on our life. This is just a little bit of my testimony, and then, you know, we continue and, and um, continue serving in the church, and then we get asked to lead a church and master them. We're like, okay, not sure about that, but, but we say yes, 
and, and we let, let go out there with no idea. Never preached a message in my life. Never led a service in my life. Get ordained and inducted on that Sunday, next Sunday, first message, first, first uh, service. Who would have liked to have been in that one? I think Hannah almost was. I'm not sure. And I, I just thank God for the grace and the kind, caring people in Marston. And, and I also still thank God for the kind and graceful people in Dunedin as well. They put up with every person's mistakes, and and they're not we're not perfect by any chance. And but here's the thing: is we're just continually just trying to walk in God's footsteps and His slipstream. And I think of the favor and the grace that's on on our lives. And here's the thing: I want to talk to you about the favor and the grace that is on your life uh, as as a, as an individual, as a, as a family, uh, and. And I believe that God's wanting to highlight that this morning. Because you're graced and you're favored. Yeah. You, you know, you can, you can live your life in your own efforts and your own energy. And you will achieve some amazing things. Because, because God's not stupid. He makes awesome people. But here's the thing. And he gives amazing people brains. And they can do amazing things. But when you link it, like Pastor Bruce said last week about the anointing of God, and it marinates through your life, you would do immeasurably more than you could ever believe or think with the power of God at work within you, it says in Ephesians 3. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about the grace of generosity. The grace of generosity. Well, well how is generosity a grace? Well, it's, it's, it, generosity is a grace because it comes out of your life. The rest, everything about worldly stuff is all about me. Everything is about what come, what can come into me. How do I get a promotion? How do I get further? How, what is that going to mean for me? Right, everything about that. But here, when when there's the grace of generosity operating in our life, it's not just about the me. It's about the who. It's about the we. It's about what's this? You know, do I have? Do Jason and I have three hundred dollars? No. But our e-group does, hopefully. <laughs> but, but why? Because we knew that, that, that that's just the cake. But that money is going to go towards the youth. Yeah. And it's going to go to... And, and the thing is, we just, got out, we just got some cake out of it. It's awesome. But uh, I want to talk about the grace of generosity. In, in Matthew chapter 25, many of you will know this, par- this, this parable. And, it, and, it's, and, it's, and it's great. And here's the thing. I'm, I'm not focusing on the... The outcomes of this parable. I'm focusing on the anointing. I'm focusing on the grace. In Matthew chapter 25, there's the story how a master comes and he gives to three servants three different amounts uh, to be looked after. To one five, to another two, and to another one. And in verse 21, it says this, The master was full of praise because the one with five invested it and he came back with another five. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. We know the story and it goes on and we get to the the person with one. The servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew uh, you were a harsh man harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. 
Now, many people have preached on this passage of Scripture, and there's many different applications that we can have into our world. But I want to talk to you. I want, I want you to focus on the, the master's response. But let's think first about it was the master that first gave out the amounts. It says a master came and gave out. Here's the thing is, who's the master in this parable? It's the Lord. The master in the, is, the par, is, is the Lord in this parable. And so the Lord was giving out the amounts. And so come with me on this for a, for a moment. If, if the, and it goes on and it says, according to their ability. So the Lord has chosen an amount already, knowing the ability on that person. So here's, here's one, there's ability, which is that person, okay, I know that person could handle five. I know this person could handle two. And I know this person could handle one, according to the ability. That word ability is actually the dunamis power of God, according to the power of God, according to the grace of God, the favor of God, the anointing of God on their life. So the master's coming, I'm going to give this much according to the grace and favor on their life. I'm going to give this much according to the grace and favor on their life. I'm going to give this much according to the grace and favor on their life. Are you graced and favored this morning? Yes, you are. The master didn't come to no one and give them nothing. Everyone's included in this parable this morning. And sometimes we're like, oh, I want to be the one with the five. Bro, I'm just happy with the one. I'm just stoked I didn't get chosen last in PE. God's anointed you, God's graced you, God has blessed you according to the ability that he knows that is on your life. And here's the thing is, how do you actually go from one to five? Use well what you've been anointed with and he'll give you more responsibility. That's the whole thing. Sometimes we get stirred up and I only got one. I'm stoked with one. I'm excited with one. Imagine five straight away. That's so much work. I'm not sure. For, I was flashing churches in front of my head then. Five churches, two. No, anyway. But you're anointed. According to the ability, according to the grace, according to the anointing, according to the favor that is on your life. It says you um, listen to the... Listen to the um, Response of the master here. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount. Go down, it says, the, the, um, the, the, the servant with the one's response was, I was afraid. See, faithful, faithfulness steps you into God's grace and anointing. Faithfulness steps you away from God's grace and anointing. And when it comes to the grace of generosity, faithfulness steps you into the grace and anointing of God. Fearfulness steps you away. Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Would my e-group destroy me for paying $500 for a cake? Now, that's also stupidity, but hey. Now, there's other things. There's faithfulness pushes us into the grace and anointing of God. Faithfulness pulls us away from it. I want to encourage you this morning. You're all anointed. You're all graced for generosity. And in fact, I'm going to share a few things, and we're not going to be long, but 
in, 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 in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 7 to 8, this is the passage that we're actually going to use uh, coming into our miracle offering from the Passions Translation. And Paul's talking to the church in Corinth, and they're taking up an offering and, uh, for the people in Jerusalem, or it's the church in Macedonia, and, 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 he's, and he's excited about it because there's a, a real joy. There's a real excitement because they know that the church in Jerusalem needs help, it needs blessing, it needs, needs just uh, you know, uh, money, the finances to come in to ser- serve that area. And, and this is the part that he says. He says, you do well and excel in every respect, in unstoppable faith, in powerful preaching, in revelation knowledge, in passionate don- devotion, and in sharing the love we have shown to you. So make sure that you also excel in this grace-filled generosity. I'm not saying this is a, 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 this as though I were issuing you an order, but to stir you to great love by m- mentioning the, the enthusiasm of the Macedonians as a challenge to you. There's, I love that phrase there, grace-filled generosity. Now, as Christians, I believe that we should be living a life full of generosity. And in fact, I'll share this in a second, the last point that I want to share this morning. Graceful generosity is a response to our salvation in Christ. But let's just go through that passage of Scripture for a second. In fact, there's a definition that I looked up on, uh, online around the grace of, about the grace, grace, God's given grace. Grace is Christian, in Christian theology is the spontaneous, unmerited gift of the divine favor in the salvation of sinners. Who's, gra- who's glad God's grace is on their life? Is, our, our salvation is by grace. It's a gift. It's a free gift of God. It's by grace. And, the, and then it says, and the divine influence operating in individuals. So we're saved by grace, but then we are graced. Amen. So with this passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, there's some things here that are awesome. He goes, since you excel in many ways in your, in your faith, in your faith, I pray that you're excited that you excel in faith. Sometimes where the storms come and, and Jesus asks you to get out of the boat and to walk on water. And, 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 you know, there's moments where we walk on the water and we start sinking, but we're starting to grow in faith and excel in faith. I pray that we excel in our faith. What about your gifted speakers? That's a bit of a hard one to articulate right now. Oh, I, I definitely would not say I'm a gifted speaker, but I, I love the fact that every person who is on the stage preaching the Word of God is gifted by the Word of God, by the presence of God, by the grace of God, pointing people to Jesus, never trying to point people to themselves or, or to a church. It's about pointing people to Jesus. See, gifted speaking is not about the person. It's about the, 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 the wisdom and knowledge pointing people to Jesus. I pray that anyone, whether you're in an e-group, whether you've got a moment to share, that you're always pointing people to Jesus. That's gifted speaking. goes on, it says your knowledge. Well, following that, uh, you know, we can Google the definition of grace, but what about the Word of God? Using the Word of God to find out our definitions. God's grace is sufficient for you in all occasions. God's grace is on our life for everything. 
I love that thought because in, it's, in second, it's in Corinthians. I'm not sure which one. But where Paul's talking, he says, My gra- his grace is sufficient. Jesus' grace is sufficient. Why? Because he's just been talking about a thorn in the side. Anyone got issues? Just me this morning. We got everyone got challenges or uh, or irritations. See, we read that scripture and it's like, oh, God's we've got a, an irritation. Here's the thing: it's not an irritation; it's a limitation. And limitations just show us how much more we need Jesus. And I want to encourage you. You know, His grace is sufficient for you because in all all situations. He will never push you further than you can hold. His grace is sufficient. He goes on and says, you excel in your enthusiasm. Who likes being enthusiastic? Some people. Uh, I need my phone. for. I just need to write a text message. Emoji. <laughs> Laugh out loud, rolling on the ground. Uh, low. I wish I had my things here from young adult camp. Or you get upset with someone, you send the red-faced emoji. I was really enthusiastic. I'll send it three times. That's that's sometimes the level of our enthusiasm. We'll we'll flick out a message. Or if we're really enthusiastic, we'll send a gift along with it. Like a little video, like of a cat going, Oh, that's an, I'm enthusiastic today. <laughs> Everyone knows. It's like that. Do you know the, the, the cat one? Yeah, all right. Some people do. That's the level of our enthusiasm sometimes. But our praise and worship. I want to encourage you. You don't need to be fully expressive if you don't want to be, but our enthusiasm is towards the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. It's, it's about worshipping Him. I mean, there's the, we sing awkward songs. My response will always be to praise. Praise, praise! When did I say, when do you say the praise? Or we do new moves like, check out my shoes. And that's the level of enthusiasm. Good, good move, Manasi. Good move. But it says here, you do well. You do well to excel. Anointed in praise. Anointed in enthusiasm. I'm going to get on. This is only the intro. Right, keep going. You excel in your love for us. Love for other, other churches, other people around. Celebrating the kingdom of God. Uh, as I went up to... New Plymouth a couple of weeks ago to see Mad Nabby and stir the church and to, to, to encourage and love them. I, I didn't want to go up and just preach a message that I preached here. I was, I was like, Lord, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? And, and I wrote a whole new message for them about, about John the Baptist being a voice in the, in the wilderness and that how, how important the gospel is. And that, that we've got to noise the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ being our Lord and Savior. That's how love, and, and it's like, man, we love you as a church, but you continue to believe in the, in the good news of God. So Paul lists all these things. You do well, you do great, you do, do all these things. And he says, I also want you to excel in this gracious 
act of giving, this anointed act of giving. I want to share four things this morning in 10 minutes, which we'll be able to do. Actually, five things, which we might not be able to do. I, want to, I just want to share some things this morning about the grace, the grace, the anointed, the empowering, the, the gift of God, of generosity on our lives. Because if we get that, we understand that it's not about in our own, in our own uh, ability, but it's in the, uh, the ability of God, the anointed, uh, anointing of God, the grace of God, the favor of God. See, the first one is, is we're graced to partner with a cause. I love, I love this in Exodus, where they're building the tabernacle and the needing stuff to come together and, and needing materials and all this. And, and in Exodus chapter 36, verses 1 through 7, and excuse me for some of my pronunciation, I might just skip the names, but you go with it, it'll be on the board hopefully. The Lord has gifted these people and the other skilled craftsmen with wisdom and the ability to perform any tasks involved in building the sanctuary. Let them construct and furnish the tabernacle just as the Lord has commanded. So Moses summoned those two and, and all the others who were specially gifted by the Lord and were eager to get work, get to work. Moses gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel as a sacred offering for the completion of the sanctuary. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work. Then they went to Moses and reported, The people have given more than enough materials to complete the job that the Lord has commanded us to do. That's, that's the anointing of God working. That's the grace of God working. We would go over and above. Going, we're partnering with the cause. We're partnering with different things. And Jason's going to share them in a couple of weeks about uh, um, what, what we've done so far throughout the, the year with people's generosity. How we've been, been able to get into our, into our, into our excuse me, our, our, our city by a grace. I love the heart here, the partnering with the cause. You know, I, I want to encourage you, you're graced to partner with a cause. Second one this morning is, you know, in, in Luke chapter 21, there's, there's reference here to the widow's offering. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts into the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, the poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. For they have been given a they they for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but this poor, uh, but she, but she as poor as she is has given everything she has. What's what's operating there? A grace. What's operating there? An anointing of God. The grace of generosity. I don't know why she did it. Something was going on in her world that she obviously just believed and knew God's love so much that. I don't know, that was just how she came. Think of it, a widow, her husband's passed on, and I don't know if she had, had any children or not, but she chose still to honor God in that offering. 
It's not about the amount, but there was, there was this openness. There was a grace. There was an anointing working on her to give out of what she had. First one was uh, partner with the cause. Second one was just give out of what you have. We're not asking people to go over and above and get yourselves, put yourselves in awkward situations. No, we want you to, to step into the grace of generosity. We want you to step into the grace of generosity. You know, and many of you will know the, the parable in Luke chapter 10. And it's a response to who is your neighbor. And, and, and Jesus basically shares the parable of the Good Samaritan. One, one day there were three people and or someone got beaten up. And three people walked past. And he described them and named who they were. And many of you would have heard a message on this before about, you know, the person who's supposed to be. One's basically the priest, the pastor, and they walk on the other side of the road. The other person is a, like a helper in the church and, and walking on the other side of the road. And then one person who actually comes along crosses the road to come and help the person who was beaten up. And, and it gets to the point where it says this, then the despised Samaritan, verse 33, came along and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him into an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I am here. Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. We've heard this parable of the Samaritan many times. But here's the thing is, the grace of generosity is just more than money. The grace of generosity, the anointing of generosity in our lives is way more than money. The grace of generosity here, there was, there was a grace of compassion. Someone went out of their way. I mean, in this, we, we, we just get upset that there's two lines at McDonald's now on the drive-thru. Like, hurry up, order your food so we can get in front of the next person. Just hurry up. Hurry, hurry. I asked you before. We got to McDonald's. What did you want? This is no reflection on my parenting. But we get, we're, like, we're such an instant. We're such a, like, now. We're like, hurry up. We, we've got to... And we, this, this person had compassion and took time, time out of the world to go over and look after. See, the, the grace of generosity is way more than just finances. It's the grace of, you know, of compassion. It's the grace of time. It's a grace of resource. It's, it's a grace of responsibility. That person took responsibility personally. To go over and they said, you know what? He, they, they didn't just do the whole good deed then and there. They said to the innkeeper, hey, um, here's some extra. And when I come back, I'm going to come and check on. That's way more than just doing the right thing at the right time in that moment. I've been, I've been the first person to a few accidents. And I've helped out. But I've never gone back and figured out if they were right. This person gave them extra finance. And then went back and used more time, more resource to go, there's a grace there not working. There's an anointing working in this person's life. Way more than just money. They came back. 
they were available. Availability in the world that we live in right now is hard. The grace of generosity. It's more than just money. There was vulnerability. The world we live in right now, sometimes it's like, do I get involved or not? Because something might happen to me. It's true. We're living in a world that is uncertain now. It's like, oh. But it's, it's an anointing. It's a grace of generosity. Verse 4, what about this? The grace of generosity is to see the impossible happen. And Matthew chapter 14, verse 17 to 21, is the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And many of you, again, would have heard many messages on the feeding of the 5,000. And, you know, all the disciples, Jesus was trying to teach the disciples something by saying, you feed them and all this sort of stuff, and which is all good. And I believe in all the applications of the Word of God, it comes alive. But it says here, as we, verse 17, it says, But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass, and Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed them into the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and after, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers, and about 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to women and children. Let's go 15,000 people. You know, the grace of generosity is to see the impossible happen. You know, uh, uh, just a, a young person who'd gone and he'd had some loaves and some fishes, and they're like, wow, man, it's like, I feel like this is just a drop in the ocean. And sometimes, you know, the, 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 the need is huge. The, the need is huge, and, and, and it is just a drop in the ocean. But I love the fact that when it was offered to Jesus... Jesus then looked up to heaven and he blessed it. He, he mixed your grace of generosity with the principles of the kingdom of God and he blessed it. The grace of generosity is to see the impossible happen. To see the impossible happen. We got kids, youth, young adults, families. We've got a whole lot of people in here. You know, this, this, we've, one of the things that we've tried to do as a church is to bless every single person in the church that if, you, if you'd got COVID, we'd try to give you a, a, um, just one of those little refreshment packs. Or, a, you know, I probably haven't had COVID, but most a lot of people have. But we've just wanted to see the impossible happen. And it's taken resource, it's taken finances, it's taken people's time. But we wanted to make sure everyone's valued. Now there's this flu going around. We're going to do the same thing again. Why? Because we just want to make sure everyone's looked after. And it just takes a grace of, of seeing the impossible happen. Worship team, you guys can jump up, please. See, leading into miracle offering is... It's never us trying to stir you to give. Because if you give out of some of the things that I say, I think you're going to miss it. I think you'll miss what God's wanting to do. If you give out of the grace that is on your life and out of what God is wanting you to do, you'll, you'll get it. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll understand something. God's going to be moving in every person individually. 
And I pray that you catch it. Number five, last one. The grace of generosity. I don't know if I've got the right language for this. But the grace of generosity is, is proof of the transformation in your life. Let me, let me unpack that just a second. In Luke chapter 19, many of you, again, sorry if I keep saying that. I'm using stories out of the Bible which have been preached on for 200, 2,000 years. Um, Luke chapter 19, verse 6 through 9. Zacchaeus quickly come down. And took Zacchaeus quickly came down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He had gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Was it the returning of money that proved salvation? Of course not. It was the grace of generosity in his life of knowing the greater person of generosity. Zacchaeus responded like that because he just found out his salvation in Jesus Christ. He'd found out that all that cheating that he'd done, all the extra taxes that he'd uh, pulled in, all, all, all that, that social stigmatism of like being rejected and pushed away. Jesus had taken all of that and he'd come to a point where, you know what? I want to live my life as someone who's generous. He was not trying to bribe or pay back or, or pay friends. He was just going, no, this is what my life is going to represent now. I used to be all about coming into me, but now my life is all about what I can do outwards. That was Zacchaeus' response. It had nothing to do with paying back or giving money away. It was just saying, you know what? I want to walk and live in this grace of generosity. I want to give my life to Jesus. And that includes every area of my life. It goes back to what Paul was talking about. You do well in your faith. You do well in your gifted speakers. You do well in your knowledge. You do well in your enthusiasm. You do, you do well in your love for others. But I also I want you to excel and do well in this gracious act of giving. Uh, as, we, as, you, as we go through these next three weeks and we get to the June the 19th, all I can say is step into the grace. Step into God's anointing. Step into God's blessing on your life. There's no pressure here because we can't help you. Only the Lord can help you. Only the Holy Spirit can help you. But we are passionate about the heart and the vision of the church. We are passionate about the generations to come. We are passionate about the university. We are passionate about Shark Conference. We are passionate about seeing the, the Word of God expand in our region. And it just does. It takes resource. So over these next three weeks, all I'm asking you to do is to just talk to the Holy Spirit. Talk to God and say, Lord, I want to walk in your grace of generosity. And how would you respond to that?
Father, I thank you for your love and your grace that is on our lives. We go back to the most famous scripture in the Bible. You loved the world so much that you gave your one and only son. So that whoever believes in you will not perish but have eternal life. The gracious act of generosity was you sending your son Jesus to take our sin on the cross. Greatest, greatest, greatest act of generosity was the Father sending the Son, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.